535, hit us out to Laredo About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki Headed back Dallas, Texas, now we serving these beans Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. It's AAA in the building. And it's Mila here, coming off of a victorious week three. A perfect week three for you. Great week three for me. Why don't you recap what a perfect week three is in the world of Mila? Okay, a perfect football weekend is when you win on all of your teams. Your college, your professional, and your fantasy. And I have two fantasy teams, so really this is quite, quite the feat. So what order are we going to go? We're going to go college, then NFL teams, and then we'll talk about my NFL team that lost? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. All right, so K-State first, followed by the Cowgirls. Cowboys, my bad. Um, bad. uh, Last time I checked, we had the same record, so I'm going to need you to check yourself. Facts, facts. It is rush hour. uh, It is rush hour in Dallas. It is quite... It's moving. Rush hour is it moving. Is. It's weird. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the Chiefs, which if you would have listened to the pit stops going into these games, we pretty much nailed everything that needed to happen. And the Chiefs didn't do what we said we needed to do in the pit stop. So it's kind of where they failed. But let's, let's talk K-State. Let's start it off with the E-Mall eval. Can you explain what the E-Mall eval is for those new listeners? Yes. So your E is going to be the event that changed the game. Your M is going to be your MVP. A is going to be the audible that was called, and then your dub is going to be what went right and what went wrong. So let's jump right into it. I mean, I think the MVP is obvious. Well, the E. We start oh, with e. oh, that's right. That's Selling right. Selling is fundamental. Oh, oh, that hurt. Yeah. So the event that changed the game, picture this. K-State goes up 14. Oklahoma responds. K-State goes two drives. Both ending in punts. Oklahoma responds with two drives, going to touchdowns, ties the game up at 14-14. And at that moment, it starts to creep in. Oh, shit. Here we go. We're about to lose this game. We just gave up a 14-point lead. Oklahoma scored back-to-back. We need a big play here. We need something to happen. And special teams, you shows the F up and your boy Malik Knowles shows you why K-State is special teams you. I mean, if there was anything more poetic than Malik Knowles is special teams you starting you off with a 58-yard kick return to put you on Oklahoma side of the field, put you in plus field position, almost guaranteeing if you get one first down, you'll get points on the board. That was huge. That was a momentum swing because you just gave up back-to-back scores to Oklahoma on big plays, and you needed a spark. You needed a big play, and when K-State needs a big play, special teams you shows up, and so that why, that's why Malik Knowles' big kick return, putting you in plus field position right back in the game, is your event that changed the game. That was huge. That was huge. And you know what happened on that? That drive ended in a tutty, a touchdown, big time. A tutty. I like it. All right. Well, I guess that will take us to the M um, for MVP. I think that it's only fitting to award this to Adrian Martinez. The redemption arc. Mr. 9 a.m. Yeah. Look, this fire engine number nine, he he came. This was his coming out party, and I love it. I mean, I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm saying he needed to have like seven yards per attempt passing game. Two more than what he had. He hit with the 6.9. I think he did it to be near 69. But the boy did what I said he needed to do. Big time. 234 
passing yards in this game, but what's more important is the fact that he was averaging 6.9 yards a throw. That was big. That spread out the field, and when you do that, the running lanes open, and the boy was averaging 7 yards a carry. He had 148 on the ground. This man was offense himself. This was huge. Yeah, I I can't remember what organization was, but he won uh, QB of the week. Yeah, keep in mind, this was an Oklahoma team that had been given up less than three yards a pop. Yeah, but also going into this, I know that we kept hearing that on ESPN. I'm like, okay, but they also played PUDs. So, like, what you have to take that for what it is. That's what I hate about week three and week four because they're like, oh, well, poop. Like, okay, but that doesn't mean anything. But it's also a Venables defense, the guy that helped build the Clemson dynasty. So the defense That's was fair. legit you just did this on. And if you can do this against OU. You should be able to keep doing this. Against anybody. Yep. Absolutely. There is no reason. I'm not saying you got to hang 40 on everybody, but there's no reason why you can't. I agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah. That's why they call us Kryptonite State. Yeah. He just had... Tell them the story. How'd you hear about this? Kryptonite State in a building. Uh, Apparently, that's what OU Sports Media is calling K-State. We are Kryptonite State to them. I mean... That's really why they're leaving the Big 12, (laughs) because they can't beat us, but you know. That's not neither here nor there. I mean, we did ask Michael Bishop when he was on why Texas and OU are leaving, and it's because they can't beat us. So. That's very, very fair. But anyways, any whoozlebees, let's move on to that A, the audible that was called. Hit us with that, Triple A. Uh, it was the passing game. It was getting your dynamic playmakers involved in the passing game. Uh, I mean, you looked at, you saw what Malik Knowles did. Right on the kick return, but he's a playmaker. He's the most physically gifted person on our team. Brooks, a fantastic playmaker. So you got the passing game involved, and you got chunk yardage. You had a you had a, you had a pass play of twenty seven yards, twenty yards, twenty five yards. You got big plays out of your passing game, and which opened up the run game against a team that is great against the run. So like they had to honor your passing game. You're able to run all day, and just that alone was huge. And then the audible of Martinez's mindset. And K-State's mindset in general of playing, not not to lose, but playing to win. That was the biggest difference. Agreed. Playing to win the game. Win the dang day, as climbing. Yep, says. pound the stone, baby. All right, so then that would take us into our dub. So the what went right and the what went wrong. So which one do you want to go into? I'll do the what went wrong if you do the what went right. All right, hit us with the wrong first. I want to end on a good note. Okay, well, the wrong is, it's pretty simple, right? Look look at OU's first two drives. How do they score? Huge plays, right? Breakdowns in your passing defense. Momentum, big time swing. And if you didn't get that Malik Knowles return, I don't, I'm not so sure you win this game, right? You need a huge play from your special teams to swing the momentum back because you're in a bad spot there. But... You're going into Big 12 play, and you're going to be facing teams that aren't as good as you. And in order for you to meet your potential, you need to have them drive against your very good defense the length of the field. You need to force them to convert on third down. You can't give up these big plays because over in the horizon, you have Oki State and you have Baylor, two teams that gassed you on big plays. Go go back and look at that Oki State game. Big plays killed you. Go back and look at that Baylor game. There was moments where those where you could have stopped them, got the ball back, and a big play ended you. And those are the last two real quote unquote contenders left that you are going to face this year. Great defenses on both sides of the ball traditionally. 
So if you can force them to have to drive against your fantastic defense, you're going to win that game. But if you're going to give them chunk plays of 30 or more yards, you're going to lose. And so that's what went wrong, and that's what needs to be fixed, which, to K-State's credit, fixed real fast later in the game. But I'm just saying, that's what went wrong, and that's what we need to avoid because that Okie State kid, that, 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 that quarterback who's been here for what seems like a decade, he's been making big plays on you for years. And that's going to be the hardest game you have this year. Yeah, agree. And you know what? I love these victory weeks because the what went wrong is just so much simpler. And the what went right is even better. So um, I would say, you know, the what went right, just getting Adrian Martinez up to where he needed to be, you know, getting into that passing game, the big plays, special teams you. Like, it really was a, a team effort in that sense. And I... I don't know. I just, you can't pick one thing, you know, like everybody was in perfect harmony. It's getting your quarterback to meet his potential. And if there's one thing that Kleiman does, it's, it's that. Yes. His quarterbacks will meet their potential. That like is so. true. L- let me run down the list of his last few quarterbacks. Yes, please. Carson Wentz, NFL. Mm-hmm. He was there for the start of Trey Lance. Oh, where's Trey Lance? NFL. NFL. Skylar Thompson. Oh, where's Skylar Thompson? NFL. NFL. These are quarterbacks that are meeting their potential once Kleiman Absolutely. gets involved. So, like, him doing what he needed to do, giving Martinez the kick in the ass after the two-lane game. Yeah. Honestly, I love the press, you know, answer of like, yeah, Martinez needs to step it up. I mean, that's not what he said quote for quote, but saying that and holding your player accountable, I don't know if any other coach would do that. He said he needed to be he needed Martinez to be in re- aggressive. And one of the ways you saw that wasn't just in the passing game, but when Martinez ran he ran through people, not to yeah. the sideline. He Absolutely. ran through people for the extra yardage. Hell, and you know what that does? That lets your lineman know, hey, you're not gonna, you're not going to slide here. You're going to go for that extra yard. So, so what happens on on fourth down? The lineman come and basically spear Martinez in the back and carry him to the first down. Yeah. But like, it gets you everybody revolved around you, helping you. So that's the whole mindset of the team changed. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, wrapping up a great game, um, I, you love to see it. You really, really love to see it. Like, I don't know what it is, but this is the upset game that we are on trajectory for. We always have at least one in the season. Um, so, you know, we're on par for the course on that one. Uh, tech coming up next, who yep. did what we did and took out the Big 12 trader in Texas. Yep. We took oh, out the Big 12 trader in OU. I saw some great tweets. Came in ranked, went home spanked. <laughs> love it. you love to see it. Yeah, so great win for K-State Kryptonite. It gets you back on track for every, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not being a homer when I say this, but the college football playoff is still in play for you now. Oh, yeah, for sure. You went out, yep. it's still in play. Big 12 title, still in play. It all goes away if you lose. True, yes. This is a tech team. Hey, great for you. You got your big statement win against a rival. You got fined $50,000 for storming that field. Yeah, now we're going to slap you with the tortilla bread and send you back to your dorms, okay? <laughs> you ain't ready for And your Raider <laughs> You ain't ready for the big boys. So, tune in to the pit stop where we'll go over your keys, keys. to the game. Go back and listen to the pit stop we did for the OU game. Because I guarantee you, you'll be like, oh my God, they know what they're talking about. Wow, imagine. Full of imagination. (laughs) But yeah, like do that. 
And I promise you, you'll go into in that tech game knowing exactly what you need to know for K-State to pull off a victory. Now let's pivot to another team that pulled off a surprising victory against an undefeated team. Why is it? Okay, you know what? We're, we're going to get into the Cowboys game. That First of all, anybody that thought that the Giants would win that game, slap yourself. Them walking into that game undefeated, slap yourself. They're obviously not a true undefeated. Are you saying they were frauds? Yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? The dude with his face painted that walked away all disappointed? Yes, fool. You really thought you were going to come in there and win? Imagine driving home in New Jersey traffic with your face like that. Good, idiot. Oh, my God. Anyways, um, yeah, so apart from all that, wow, um... I, I'm struggling with. Was I wrong about Cooper Rush? I, I can't. Yeah, I I can't wrap my mind around this. Was I wrong about Maher too? I can't wrap my mind around this. I still think it's it's too early. I still don't think there's a quarterback controversy. But with saying that, I I'm in no rush to see Dak back. Um, let me ask you a question, and I want to center it around C.D. Lamb. Okay. Because in the first half, two drops, looks like he's a fraud as a number one. Yes. Second half, oh my God, looks like he's a true number one. Big time catches, one-handed touchdown grab to win yeah. it. Is C.D. Lamb a number one? What is he? Is he just an inconsistent wide receiver? What's going on with him? Because one half, he looks fraudulent. The other half, he looks like the guy you thought he was. Okay, listen, Mr. IRS with the fraudulent over here. I think he's just streaky right now. I mean, he's, you know, this is his second year in the league. He's he's young, so it, it, it will come, hopefully. But I do think he's inconsistent. I mean, that that is what it is. Hopefully he figures it out. We're going into week four. I would say you should have figured it out by now. I'm just saying at one point, Twitter was like, take the 88 off your chest. You don't need to be wearing it. And then the next half, they're like, oh my God, oh my God. He did not just do that. Honestly, I definitely think they jumped the gun with the 88 for him like that. I have feelings around that, the sentimental value of it. But anyways, um, yeah, so that game, watching it, I was with the rest of America. That was a terrible game to watch. I wanted to put my face in between a door and a door frame and slam it rather than watching the game. It was awful. Um, well, the defense carried you. The defense did what they needed to do. Yes. I mean, if you listen to the pit stop, I told you that the defense needs to keep mm-hmm. everything in front of them, not jump routes. Don't be jonesing so bad for an interception because yep. Daniel Jones will give you one, which yep. he did he to did. end the game. Diggs got his interception. I said you needed at least two sacks from someone not named Parsa. And Tank comes in with three two, on his own. Two, yeah, he got three on his own. He got three sacks. And I, I called my shot. I three said tackles. the Cowboys were going to go over 21, and uh, they did. They did, so, yeah. yeah. So, pit stop, you know, hello. Yeah, I mean, just looking great. Um yeah, I got a lot of hate at the beginning of the season after game one. Um, I was down on myself, but I'm not going to say I believe because I feel like that's been the key to the success is me not believing. So I'm going to continue to be, um, uh, I'm not going to say a pessimist, a uh, cautious optimist, realist maybe? Well, let's talk about what's going right real quick for the Cowboys and why they can possibly continue this streak, right? I mean, Cooper Rush is making plays. He's throwing the ball down the field. He's doing the right thing. Oh, and um, Jason Peters? Yeah. 
stomping people left and right. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, you just added another Hall of Fame guard. Smith looks great at tackle. And by the way, the Cowboys have a top five defense in the NFL. And if you've got a top five defense, a dominant O-line, two great running backs, you're going to be in every game. I'm not saying you're going to win every game, but you have an opportunity to win every game. Look, Because you're going to be in it. There will be a shot in every game where the Cowboys can win because of that defense. The ingredients are right to get the recipe right. Make, follow the recipe, execute. Execute is really what it is here. And, and that's what you saw the difference between the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Absolutely, the yes. The first quarter, poor execution, flag-killing drives. Oh my God, yes. Actually, let's let's talk about these flags. I, I probably should have been prepared to see how many yards we gave up with flags. But good God, people, the game is called football, not flag football. Like, come on. <laughs> But correction was made, and when you needed to have the drives to win the game after the Saquon Barkley touchdown, flawless execution, right? First half, great drives, killed with the flag. Into the game, you need two drives to win it, flawless execution. That was that was really the difference because the Cowboys were I know it's hard to say you're dominant when it was a field goal game. <laughs> yeah. trading field goals but the Cowboys really were dominant in this entire game even when the Giants took the lead it was the Cowboys dominating but it was really shooting themselves in the foot and like if you can clean up your flags and be a more disciplined football team you will be in every game this year with Dak or without Dak agreed I I can't believe I'm saying that but yeah agreed um, so yeah, you know what let's wrap a, wrap this up put a, a nice navy and white bow on it on to week four. On to week four. Yeah, and let's talk about the team that has the same record as the Cowboys. Yep, wish who would have seen that coming? Plot twist. Oh, yeah, I called that, but, you know, nobody wants to listen to me. I mean, I said it was a trap game in the pit stop. You did. You did say that. Yep. And I, Indy was overlooked, for sure. And I, I said that the Chiefs... They needed to do better here. They needed to take this opponent seriously and not shoot themselves in the foot. And that's exactly what the Chiefs decided to do. Um, I just, there's so many areas where they've, where they, where they shot themselves in the foot. And it's more than just the flag on Chris Jones that oh, extended yeah. the drive. Look, that is the least of their worries. No, there was no score in the entire fourth quarter. You can't win a football game if you don't score. That's like simple math. That's simple logic, right? So I want to bring up two things because there's a lot of things that, that we can point to on to why the Chiefs kind of like lost this game. Uh, but one I want to point to is that, look, you're, you're at the end of the half. Okay, you got the ball at the 30-something yard line, 20-ish seconds left, and you chose just to run it out. Do we not learn? on letting the clock run out uh, from the Bengals game, where at the end of the half you let the clock ran, run out instead of trying to get the points and just kicking the field goal. You were in field goal range, but you only needed about 20-some yards to at least attempt it. So attempt it. You know what I mean? Make a play for it. And it wasn't like you were up multiple touchdowns or anything at halftime. It was a four-point lead. So what do you do? You let the team hang around that shouldn't be hanging around with you. Mm-hmm. Second thing I want to bring up. You're barely, you're barely winning the game. It's 17, 13, 
and I get that your field goal kicker was struggling. Oh, God. Struggling is an understatement for this guy. But you go for a fake field goal? Who who would I rather have going forward on fourth down? My punter slash holder throwing a pass or Patrick Mahomes? I'd not, I'm not questioning going for it. I'm questioning... Who was going for it? Exactly. Yeah, that was that was silly. And especially in a four-point game, like that tells me you don't think you can win. You don't think you can win. Like that's that's what's so scary. Like you went for it, but you didn't play your best hand. And what happened? It cost you. It cost you the game right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was sad to see. And then on top of that, I just want to point out that the the game plan I did not fall in love with. I told you, you you had to get your running backs and tight ends very involved in this game because that is where the Colts struggle, is getting people out of the backfield. And what did you do? First half? Okay, you got a couple passes to your running backs. Great, great. What happened second half? You forgot they existed. (laughs) I was like, that's the weakness. They have trouble covering you out of the backfield and you chose to stop going to your running backs coming out the backfield. I'm not saying you had to hand the ball off, but give them some passes. They showed that they couldn't stop Clyde Edwards. Mm -hmm. They showed they couldn't stop him. You know what he was getting per catch? This I want to know. 7.8 yards a catch. Dang. Yeah. They not cover your running backs coming out of the backfield and you chose not to utilize it. That's what. Yeah, that's just silly. Foolish. And like, I felt like at times Mahomes was trying to be a little too greedy there. Yes, especially at the end of the game. Yeah. And then, look, Sky Moore, terrible fumble. Terrible. I get it. Andy Reid, bad decision putting him back out there on the field to return the very next kick where he, where he was literally starstruck or, or gun shy. He did not know how to return a kick at that moment because he didn't want to F it up. Go put Hardman back there. Put somebody else. But if that was the mental state that he was in after he fumbled, to do that on the very next kick, he didn't need to be out there. And so I didn't like seeing that. I mean, he probably wanted to build his confidence back. And he you probably should know your players a little bit better. Read the room, I guess. But. If you're going to do it, build it back offensively. Yeah. Because he barely played offensively. Yeah. yeah. Give him an easy, give him an easy uh, slant. Give him yeah, an easy out. That's true. Don't build it on a return that you had just fumbled away a touchdown. Yeah. And so it was, it was just a bad game plan overall. The defense actually played pretty well considering all things. Uh, terrible flags that really, really killed you in this game. But like, mm-hmm. I would agree. Yep. I get that it's super boring to throw the ball to your running back, but if it's working, yeah, just do it. Yeah, just just effing do it, okay? It's a boring game plan, I know. But once you get up, and he's going to have to start forcing their linebackers to cheat to stop it. And then you can hit something over the top. But you're not going to hit anything over top when you're nursing a four-point lead and doing fake field goals. It's not going to happen. So, I do have a question here, and we I didn't talk about it on the show notes. But you know me, and I like the NFL drama and all that. Eric Bieniemy, him and... Patrick Mahomes got into it and then him and LaShawn McCoy got into it. What's going on there? You heard any rumblings? No rumblings. I think he's just expressing frustration because probably Mahomes remembers, hey, how he fucked it up at the end of the half against Cincinnati. And he's like, hey, this is another situation, end of half, where we need to be better. 
And in Cincinnati, it wasn't good enough. Against Cincinnati, it wasn't good enough. And today against, or Sunday against India, it wasn't good enough at half. Like, we're starting to look at this theme of like crunch time at the end of halves where like just because we're leading, we're feeling good. But the game isn't in the bag. So you're giving up a possession here. And in Cincinnati, when you went for a touchdown because you didn't understand the play clock, instead of getting the guaranteed three points, the touchdown going for it wasn't bad. It was the fact that you didn't understand the clock and you didn't throw it away. But in Cincinnati or uh, against Indy here, is that you had time. Like, what would you do against Buffalo with like 13 seconds? You got yourself in field goal range. I'm not saying you're always going to do it, but I'm saying you had more time than what you had against Buffalo mm-hmm. and similar yardage, and you didn't even, didn't even attempt it. And so if I'm a Holmes, I'm looking at it going, I had no time against Buffalo and we got in range. Are you saying we don't want to even try it in a one-score game? Okay, if I'm up three touchdowns, different story here. Or maybe you don't get in a field goal range, but you get in Hail Mary range. The guy's got a cannon. Throw it up. I'd rather have you. That's how you get your interception. Ah, well, um, sad week for Chiefs Kingdom, but I'm sure y'all will bounce back. Who do you have next? I mean, I feel like you're being a little, uh, little like knife in the. No, 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 no. I'm not. Who do y'all have next? Well, now it starts the gauntlet, right? That we talked about earlier uh, last week, where if Evans and Godwin are back, you start your gauntlet of murder row wide receivers because you've got the Bucks who have a, a help, win healthy, a great wide receiver core and a great quarterback. You got the Raiders. Which, side note on the Raiders, thought they would be a lot better than what they are this year. Yikes. Don't let that record fool you. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're definitely going to come out swinging at y'all. For sure. Yeah, because you got the Raiders, who, I mean, Renfro and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, like, that's a scary group right there. Then you got the Bills, who... That's going to be a fantastic game. Can't wait to watch that one. A great wide receiver a, core. A true treat. And then you got the Niners, who, oh, Debo, Ayuk, like the great, a great, not just great wide receiver core, but a very physical one, right? And with your young secondary, you're in trouble. And like, I know the Chiefs were undefeated up until the Colts game. You really need the Colts game. You really needed that game. Yeah. Because here's a wake up call. Yeah. Get your shit together. The gauntlet starting and your secondary is young and they are prime for missed assignments here. And like, this is what, this is the scary season right now. This is scary season. Cause like you couldn't afford to really lose that game. And now, now it's coming. I agree. Well, we will have a pit stop on that game as well. Um, Hopefully they listen to it. Hopefully they listen to it. I know. Like, what are they thinking? Andy Reid, turn on turn on your i thirty five Sports CXN. Hit us up on Twitter at i thirty five Sports CXN. Speaking of which, we just had like our the month's not over, but we just had our highest view month ever download month. So props to the i thirty five fans out there. Hey, the pit crew. Pit crew in a building. Pit crew, love it. I think I think we're gonna try to get another uh, Kryptonite State. Uh, person on the show to talk uh, talk with us. So. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. You know, I think maybe we should even do a little giveaway. Probably the most downloads. Let me noodle on this a little. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, let me noodle on this. I guess stay tuned at 
I-35 Sports CXN. And we will see you in week four. We out.